Hello and welcome to the Level Playing Field podcast with Dr. K and Hemp. Hello. This is episode six now, and today we have a very special guest with us. We've got Fazan, aka Hello. the Iron Fight, aka okay. Fazian. Yep, that's all the three <laughs> names I have. Yes. Any more? Um, not not yet. Not yet. Rapper name pending. <laughs> We, we've called you in today because we've got a very special album by by the biggest artist in the world, Dr- Drizzy Drake, and uh, you're you're a bit of an expert on on Drake. Fan, I'd say. Fan. fan. You're, you're you're a big fan. The the reason I feel, feel that we needed you is because we we reviewed Party Next Door not too long ago, and that was not a fun recording. It was just us two really unenthusiastically shitting on the album. <laughs> It's, you didn't really have um, the older albums to compare it to. Yeah, we didn't as, have the context. Yeah, 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 and we didn't know much about him, so it wasn't a great recording. So I thought, get you on for this, and yeah, be sick. So our first, oh, also to mention, we've got Indica Palm Radio coming up. Interview Special with him, yes, solid recording. It was a, it's a, it's an in, interesting interview. It's an interesting chap, and he's got a, a alter ego called Chad Chadson, which is quite interesting. So stay tuned for that. Okay, so my track of the week is by JPEG Mafia and Denzel Curry, and it's called Ball. I look like Ray Allen. These niggas make beats on big wheels. Your vibes is not a challenge. Boy, you can't rap for shit. Shut up with us, me with talent. Hairline blue got these balance. Bald. So this track, it, it was released originally for JPEG Mafia, and it's it's just these lockdown songs that he's been working on in his spare time. And then Denzel Curry hopped on the remix for this, and it's fucking hard, man. Very loud, abrasive, kind of bass heavy shit. Yeah, the mixing is quite like, It's meant to be like that. Yeah, yeah, it's meant to be just like fuck. <laughs> if you're into Run the Jewels, anything like that, you'll love him. Um, just, yeah, fucking in your face, loud production. Definitely worth checking out. Seth, what's your track of the uh, week? So my track of the week this week is a song called Spectrum by a band called Atomic Forest. Now, this is something I discovered on the Rap Cats website, and it's it's really, really interesting. It's like some 70s psychedelic rock shit from India. heard anything like it before and it's it's insane like and the rest of the album is great as well so i recommend checking it out it's got a bunch of covers on it as well it's got stevie wonder cover on there as well which is which is great it's got a bunch of shit it's got it starts off with the um the 2001 space odyssey theme there, but like some psych rock shit and it's it's, it's beautiful <laughs> it's beautiful check it out it's incredible perfect cool now fazana are there any tracks that you wanted to talk about this week so, uh, New Music Friday would have been 8th of May. Uh, there was a NAV album that dropped, um, a little TJ album that dropped. But the big, big, like, the, the, the single that took over all the talk for that was the 6 Now we catch him at the chicken spot, up a couple chops, pop that nigga with a hundred shots. I think it did crash the YouTube view count. Seriously? <laughs> and his Instagram, yeah, his Instagram Live broke record for most simultaneous viewers. That's which originally insane. was around like, it was originally around like 500k or something. And, and that was Drake million. and Tory Lanez. Yeah, I, I think it was, it was either them or another artist. 
But it was around 500,000. And then he comes on and gets 2 million live viewers. That's insane. Like, that's mental. Crazy. If you consider, it's like... crazy. He hasn't had any industry support. Like, I've heard he, he doesn't get played on radio or anything like that. It's just all his support is pretty natural growth through SoundCloud and just his fan base is huge. 6 ix really interesting because obviously before he's obviously been arrested for being involved in gangs and stuff and he's the whole snitch and rat thing but before that um, he was on a really really good run near the mm. end of um, 2018 yeah. he would literally drop a single it started like the first he, he had a couple of features and stuff but it was Gummo was the real big one that yeah, yeah. commercial success and then after that literally every single he dropped just was it was I personally thought they were good songs in the sense that they're bangs, nothing like mm. artistically amazing. Yeah. But the other thing was that um they were all like really, really popular on the charts. Like every single one of them. Like it was so weird. He was he literally had like eight out of eight tracks that just banged on the charts. Yeah. And then and the craziest thing is how like you know when he gets locked up and everything, it's at his peak mm. just before mm. another like one of his big albums went yeah. to come out. And then he gets locked up and then the album still comes out while while he gets locked up. And it was it was it was it was such an interesting way for him to go out, and I think it was the best way it could have happened for him to get in trouble like in the peak of his career. I would have thought it would have been like the other way around because because of all the snitching stuff, because he lost a lot of respect from a lot of people. But I suppose those aren't the kinds of people that are listening to his music in the first place, isn't it? The end of the day, no one actually cares about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you go on Reddit, you go on the YouTube mm. comments, you go on Twitter, no one actually cares it's only like the people that have obviously lived that yeah, life yeah, know what it's yeah. like yeah exactly and obviously people that he's affiliated with they care obviously but the actual people that may put music on the top yeah, 100 yeah. by listening to it they don't care like look, for example like this song um it's it's currently 11th of may so it came out three days yeah, ago yeah. it's a 97 million that's views. insane man three days <laughs> so if that's an english rap song and he's just shouting really loudly. It's nothing crazy special. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say it's his catchiest song, but it's got 97 million views in three days. Like it's huge. Amazing. He's actually huge, and it's mm. it's the he's got he has got a quite a large Spanish audience, and apparently um he got <laughs> signed before he got locked up, and he's contracted to one English album and one Spanish album. Spanish album. Oh yeah, shit! He, okay. He, I think he's done a Spanish song before, and he's quite successful. In that market. I wonder how that's mm. gonna sell. That'll be that'll be interesting to hear as well. <laughs> yeah, because if it doesn't sell really well, because the English music obviously has the crossover, yeah. but the Spanish doesn't really have a crossover to the English mm. listening audience. Yeah. So if that doesn't like sell as well. Less despacito, yeah, you've yeah. seen that in a few <laughs> in a few songs recently. That that whole kind of sound. Like you've had Cardi B, you've had Despacito, obviously, you've had so many people. Yeah. Drake did a Spanish yeah. song. Mia. Yeah, that was quite successful. China's a big market. Why are they not going for China? That, mm. you know, that whole like uh, East Asian market is really like the whole K-pop kind of thing. Oh, that's true. I, I, yeah. I, I, th- I don't think 6 9 a- can do K-pop. <laughs> no, I think you see 88 Rising, they've got that kind of um, mix into American. They, yeah, they got East that locked Asian. off in it. Yeah, they've got Just, that good mix. Yeah. And they actually have quite a big fan base with their music. But more on to 6 9 what did you guys think of that song? Specifically, Gooba. I only listened to it the one time. Um, just, just sounded like six nine. Didn't stand out as anything <laughs> special. Just over the top. I watched the video as well. That was quite entertaining, to be fair. But yeah, it was. Yeah, 
video was probably one of the funniest it, parts about it. I have to say the same. It's he's entertaining, you know. It just sounds like a bunch of shouty stuff, doesn't it? Like I can get in a club if you're wasted, probably gonna go hard, but in terms of what I would choose to listen to, don't see myself ever putting on six nine. <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a good like trying to get yourself hyped kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah. I, I can see the appeal. But yeah, there really isn't much to say about it. it it's it's a typical six nine song. I there, he didn't bring anything. I guess it's the safest way to go with your first mm. song back. But um, it's I think it's going to do well. Like it, we can see it's already doing well. Yeah, there wasn't really any advertising. It just it just came back. Everyone was waiting for it. I think the next thing you'll see similar to that would be when Bobby Schmurda comes out when's that when's that uh i think end of this year i think that's the next kind of um the next everyone like everyone's oh he's out of prison what's his big song gonna be i think that'll be the next kind of big hype i don't know if it'll be as big as this but he he was on a song wasn't he like just off the like he did like a recording like a phone recording or something he he was on six nights oh shit yeah okay yeah Yeah, it was a six nights song yeah um he does a verse on over the prison phone I remember that. That was quite funny. I want. I wonder if they. I, I doubt to be honest because that's they. T- they are both from New York. Mm. Uh, people could argue they're like the king, the best from New York, whatever. But it's they're two sides of a coin because Six Nine went locked up and snitched about yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby Schmurda didn't say anything and he ran the whole time. Mm. So it's interesting to see if they'll be. They probably won't be cool with each other nah, when man. they come out. But it'll, they'll. I can see a competition in that whole like because you know Six Nine says I'm the best in New York. Fuck everyone from New York. Like it'll be interesting to see how. He would respond to that. I think Schmurder's gonna have a lot more like respect because he's got he's got that authenticity about exactly, him, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to six nine. That's why it'll be interesting. But damn, yeah, that is gonna be very interesting to see. Last album or tape, should we say, is by none other than. Aubrey, Drizzy, Drake, Graham, a.k.a. Champagne Puppy, a.k.a. The Don That Bought Top Boy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we should probably talk about our history with Drake. And I think, Fazan, you probably got the most interesting here. Interesting. Uh, very, like, generic in the sense that, oh, I heard Take Care. It was mm. a good album. And then I was listening to every album as they came out from there. So not, nothing too left um, <laughs> but- field. Yeah, you you stay on top of all the leaks and all of that. Like, oh yeah, you that... blow me away with your knowledge and of that kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a whole like obviously lyrics have a meaning and you can see like the little references and then there's obviously leaks, which is a big part of this tape. I'm pretty confident mm. like four or five of the songs of this tape were leaks. Yep. that were recorded for Scorpion the album before yeah. and they're yeah. just leftovers. They were just left over. Seth, do you want to talk about your history with Drake? I've never been a fan of Drake's music. I'm, I'm just I'm just gonna say that straight off the bat. Like he was, he was the biggest artist. Like, and then he was all. He was pretty much most of what was being played around me when I was in secondary school, especially. And I could just never get with his music. Didn't never liked his voice. His the music never stood out to me as anything special. Um, but he's he fascinates me because he's managed to stay relevant for so long, and not a lot of artists can do that because there are so many artists that will have like they'll, they'll be on top of the world for like a year, two years or so, maybe maybe a couple albums and then they'll fall off. But Drake has consistently, you know, every time that he releases something, it's always it's always huge. It's always it's it's always everyone's listening to it. And 
I think that's that is fascinating to see how he do how he does that and how he how he kind of rides trends and all that. And despite me not actually liking his music, I think it's interesting to see what he does and how his content changes over the years. I I can't lie, I've always hated Drake. <laughs> like just not not even for any reason in particular, just I used to be fucking a stan of Eminem which now I look back on and cringe. And yeah, it was just kind of that there was that big Eminem versus Drake thing. What was that? Like, what was the what with Forever? Yeah, yeah, since, since Forever, yeah. like and it was it was kind of cuz Drake when he came out, there was all these like gangster rappers and you had like Lil Wayne and 50 Cent and all of them. And then he was just this Canadian kid who seemed like he had no <laughs> like street cred at all. Just came yeah. out and just sounded like a like whiny and I couldn't get into it straight away. I remember the first the first time I heard Drake. Um, it was it must have been like year eight or something. It was it was actually you, Hamza. You sent me um, "Hold On, We're Coming Home," and I listened to it. I fucking hated it. I couldn't stand it. I was like, "What the fuck is this? It's, it's terrible." Why, why did I send you it? Because you, you, you were talking you were talking shit about Drake, and I was like, "Okay, okay, tell me something to, okay, tell me something to listen to." You sent it. I was like, "Oh, sh- this is this is awful." I listened to that song now. I actually, that quite was like really it. big on the charts. It, it, it's, it's that quite was really big on the charts, that's but. Yeah. That's a Magic Jordan song, mm. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, he's he's a guy on the hook, isn't he? Magic Jordan song. So, oh, Magic Jordan's a duo. Oh, is it? Magic's the oh, singer. Okay. Jordan's the uh, okay, producer. Okay. Um, they're signed to OVO, and obviously the whole how it works in that system is that if there is a great song that Drake likes, he'll jump onto it, either as a feature or yeah, yeah, put yeah. it on his album. And that was... Um, I th- I'm pretty confident it would have been like a Magic Jordan straight-up mm. reference track, and then he just did it himself i mean the song no matter what it's it's always gonna blow up so much more if it's on drake's album isn't it we, we were talking about that with the weekend like uh one of the early drake albums where he took over a lot of the weekend's tracks uh, so it was take care i think three of the song take care is a 24 20 something track album Shit. grammy winning for best rap album it's influenced people say by the weekend to an extent because at that time the weekend was blown up um online through his mixtapes yeah, the and stuff. Uh, they were obviously both from both from toronto so they linked up and at the time drake kind of put the weekend on he like put he had a whole like blog post thing which everyone used to listen to uh, it was like october's very mm. own blog and um he put three of the weekend songs as they were releasing for the mixtape on there okay and that's yeah. why they were always quite like through weekend's career and even now they're always really tightly linked everyone references them yeah. kind of together and then the whole ovo exo thing came together and when we i think it was his second mixtape it must have been um weekend was working on that he obviously played it through for drake and it wasn't complete but three of the songs on that oh yeah it was like half of the tape so far so half of the tape it, it, he phrased it really weird because when he said it in the interview he goes i gave half the songs to drake so people took that initially as oh <laughs> half of take care's weekends but it was clarified right. later. It was half of what Weekend had, which was like six songs at the time he gave right. to Drake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but yeah, it was, it's kind of all this stuff. And then the ghostwriter thing, which was like years ago, being a fan of Eminem, you're like, he has to come with straight bars. If he's not writing his own stuff, I'm not listening to it. But now I've softened on that stance. You know, I, I can, <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. At that time, Drake was obviously getting really big. Everyone was writing some of his albums. And there wasn't really much you could say about him. He'd like, because he, you remember like before, it was always that Drake was a pussy thing. So everyone would be like, oh shit, Drake says. Do you remember like that era when it was all loads of memes about Drake being like really simpy to girls and yeah, stuff? Yeah. And now he's kind of like made the tough persona 
But at that time, it was like, it's, it's just something you can say to the most popular artist, isn't it? You don't write mm. all your songs. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if you know it's not true. Because you guys make music. You know it's collaborative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Hamza's yeah, going to be yeah. writing. Like if I come now on Discord, hear one of your demos and say, oh, maybe you should say these four lines. Exactly. And then I leak out, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I gave Hamza those four lines. That's He's a fucking goes. ghostwriter. And that's yeah. just times, times that a million just... when it's someone as big as Drake, isn't it? And that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. music's collaborative. I also think when you've got an artist that's as popular as Drake, a lot of people do just want to hate on him for no reason. And I think that's that goes with yeah, a lot yeah. of artists. And I have to say, like, I love when Dr. Dre raps, but he, I don't think he's written any yeah. of his raps. Drake, They're all ghostwritten. Interesting you mentioned that. Um, Drake used to write for Dr. Dre. Really? At one point. Oh, really? At one point, yeah. Before he was big. At one point, he there are links with him and Dr. Dre. What, yeah. what did he write? I, I don't know if he wrote. He was like you know like obviously these these are big yeah. artists. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was he was a songwriter for Dr. Dre when he was like, I think that's how he met Forty or something like through that link. Man, it when was, was this? Dr. Dre was, was working with loads of artists. What kind of year? During detox time. Ooh, interesting. Because I've always said like, when you hear Dre on an Eminem song, you can tell Eminem yeah. wrote that verse for Dre it's the same he did a song with Anderson Pack recently and you can tell Anderson Pack wrote that verse so it'll be interesting to know what what Drake's writing for him. it would have been like uh, 2005 Drake and 40 moved out to LA mm. to work with mm. work for Dre at Aftermath Records so it wasn't directly under him it was as I part of I never knew that that's, that's so interesting Where's the best place to start? Should we start with the first track? Yeah, Deep we'll just Pockets. go through it. Yeah, we'll just go through it. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a pretty good track. It was it was kind of understated, kind of what you used to with Drake. Um, it samples an old Stetsasonic song. I don't know if you know them. They're like this 80s Prince Paul produced hip hop. Is that group. where the piano comes from? At the start? No, no, it's, it's the Brooklyn. There's Go Brooklyn. Throughout. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know you. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot to this. It's just kind of chill and yeah, yeah, yeah. don't hate I, it. It's I all right. hate the mixing for this. You hate the mixing. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, this is a hot take. <laughs> so when when this song, I can pl- send you it. Um, when this song leaked, it was obviously so the tape's got like a weird story to it. So I don't think this tape would have come out without what happened. Was Drake was on a live stream with some of his like someone on his mixing team. And it was only, it was a really small mm. live stream, like 3,000 people or something. And he was just playing loads of random tracks, like throwaway tracks. Played about six or seven or something. And I don't think this tape would have come out unless that happened. Because from that, obviously, people ripped the live stream and made like their own fake um, albums. Yeah. And it, it the quality was terrible and everything. But the, the music was mm. already out there. Yeah. And then after he played this on the live, Leak has already had the song. So the, the song leaked straight away. And it was like, at the time, it was called Rolling. Because the hook, yeah, we roll in. Yeah. Um, and in the leak, and in the, the obviously fans will get hands of the leak and try and mix it themselves. His voice sounds way better than I, I guess they're going for the like lo-fi. This is a broken kind of demo kind of song look. Right. But I, I don't. I feel like you know, like the classic. Oh, the way Drake's voice is mixed in songs, you can hear it really clear and it's really nice. On here, I, don't, yeah. I just don't like it. I just don't think it sounds right. Mm. Actually, I'll send. I feel that sometimes you get demos and stuff, and we talked about with one of. Thundercat songs, I think it's Black mm. Quells, that they did the demo and it yeah, sounded yeah, really yeah. rough. And then they wanted to keep that in the actual song. And I really respect when they do that as artists. And they like, you can make a mix really rough and kind of distort the vocals and do things like that to make it, 
you know feel more natural and it sometimes you can overproduce the song yeah i think this is just for the aesthetic of the fact that um this isn't an actual project in the sense that this is just demo tapes of leaks and mm. throwaway songs that have just been put mm. together last I, I would say last minute so 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 do you think this is low effort this it wasn't a creative decision or yeah. I think yeah, they just didn't mix it properly. I think they had it was a throwaway really? from 2018, Scorpion, and I think they just um, released it how it was. I, I don't know. I just feel it's like a it, hot take. I know, but I feel like that's deliberate because it is a demo tape. Yeah. So it's like in the sense that I guess they did master it to an extent. It's just I feel like it could. Yeah, probably, you're probably right. It probably is like a creative decision to make it more sound low. And then we talk about that a lot. Like th- there's some weird mixes and songs that we're like, is it a creative decision or is it just lazy? And you have to try and figure out. Look at the producers and their track record. But but the laziness could be the creative decision in this mm. in this sense. In the sense that it's a throwaway song, it's on a demo tape. They think yeah. it doesn't matter too much. This is the vibe we want. I think this is one of the only forty produced songs. Mm. I, th- I think this is the only 40 produced song. Seth, what do you, what do you think I mean, of this track? It didn't really stand out to me. Um, obviously, it's the first track. I didn't know what to expect going into this into this tape. Um, I mean, it, it didn't you piss say me off. You say that every episode. So, it, yeah. I thought it was, it was all right. It's classic Drake, isn't it? Decent bars, I guess. You know, it was... I feel like this is like a classic Drake song. It's got like yeah. a little catchy hook, the rolling yeah. bit. A couple bars about money. It felt life. like Drake. It felt like Drake. I knew I was yeah. going into it. It wasn't project. anything crazy. But I don't know. I feel like as the intro to the to the project, they could have chosen a little bit more of a banger yeah. one, but it's fine. It didn't really scream out at me I as think, like this is gonna be great. I think well we'll get into it, but you can tell from the end of the project and the start that this wasn't this isn't something where they want you to feel like you're going through a project from yeah, start yeah, to yeah. finish in the sense that like you can tell mm. it's literally it literally feels like they chuck some songs and put them in order. Yeah. Mm. So 100%. I suppose the question when we're when we're looking at this is how good are the songs themselves? Individually, yeah. Yeah. I guess you could look at it like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. So we won't talk about it. Is it like the running order or anything? At the we end, we can through. obviously overall. But yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah. Cool. So the next track, when to say when. I I I really liked this one. I thought they let the mm. sample shine here, and I thought it's really good. I, I prefer Drake on this sort of beat. It's weird. Drake's at that point now where every one of his songs that come out because there's so much, you can just put it into a category. It just it doesn't really feel <laughs> yeah, new anymore. Yeah. And this just really yeah. feels like one of the Drake songs where he has a long verse, a nice intro, nice, and obviously the verse is good. Yeah, I mean, I, there was a weird lyric. He says so. He, he mentions Michael Jackson <laughs> a lot on this. Yeah project mm-hmm. and then here he says michael jackson <laughs> shit but the palace is not for kids i just find this interesting because there's a lot of allegations against drake <laughs> it's a twitter thread an allegation like michael jackson went to court yeah yeah, yeah. it is a twitter thread but saying like he's he's he has a dm there, but like there's know. there's several rumors yeah yeah should we say and i, I don't know i thought it was weird that he i think this is more talking about though obviously he's got that really big house and he's like, obviously that's yeah, why he's in the palace, and yeah. because Michael Jackson obviously had a lot of kids. Not in, not even in a, like on Michael Jackson's allegations, in the sense that just in general, obviously Michael Jackson created that yeah, Neverland yeah, yeah. place mm. as a place for kids to uh, almost as as a theme mm. park. But obviously, it is a bit of a question of mine, if depending on how you want to see it. He had a Michael Jackson verse on the last album, didn't he? 
Scorpion. Just a scrapped demo. Michael Jackson probably bought it for a lot of money. Wanted to do a song with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just thought this song in general, you know, it was, again, it wasn't anything special, I don't think, but it was one of the stronger tracks on the album uh, lyrically, and it was a nice beat, and, you know, it wasn't, it was it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible. Some of the other songs in this album, which we'll get to, I thought were shit. But this was not one of them. Yeah, we should say that that's high high this praise is not, from me. This is not up for me actually. I've got some other songs out. Is it not up? Yeah. I think this is just a good drink song the bars, and it's, it sounds amazing. It's, it it didn't it didn't stand out as one of the, the best tracks. It just again, as with track one, it didn't piss me off. But like, I was listening to this and I didn't think what the fuck like, is this. Because when this, I was it was a so for you guys when you heard this whole thing. This was all like new to you. Like I obviously heard this in February, so yeah, I'd already yeah, played yeah. this song loads and Chicago. But that's what I'm saying. So when we get to the next one, Chicago Freestyle, I loved. I played that loads, and I think it's doing quite well now. But I do know one thing, no women they come they go. Saturday through Sunday, Monday, Monday through Sunday, yo. Maybe I'll love you one day. Maybe we'll someday grow. Till then, I sit my drunk ass on that runway. Yeah. Um. This was an interesting one because this was the first one that I heard from the project where I listened to it. It's like, I don't hate this Drake verse. Like, that's, that's new for me. <laughs> and then he does the Eminem interpolation. And I was like, That's the chorus. Hang yeah. on a yeah, minute. I probably would have loved that. I think he's done it better than Eminem. <laughs> it works. <laughs> he, he did it in a nice way. Yeah. It was very tasty. It wasn't like, it didn't, you know, normally when you hear things like that, it sounds like, oh, yeah, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. Like it, it sounded, it, it just it, fit nicely. It, it was like really tasteful. well worked into the song, lyrically mm. and thematically. It worked perfectly. See, I, I didn't actually catch that interpolation at first, and then and then I noticed it. I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good actually. Like if, you, if you're listening to the two songs back to back, like like you said, thematically, lyrically, it, they tie in quite nicely. And yeah, I thought Drake was quite good. He did a decent job over, over here. Yeah, the, t- the topic of the song is like mistakes, past yeah, yeah, yeah. relationships. How his life is like now, he has to be all one cup. What did you guys think of um, Give You the Chorus? I mean, it was obviously it's very kind of like silky smooth R&B again. Um, I think his voice does sound, it does have an, in, it does have, you know, its own character, his unique it's individual. Um, but as far as, you know, as far as the actual song. There's a lot of Sampha comparisons. Yeah, that, do you know what? I actually, I actually thought it was Sampha the first time I heard it. And then there's a lot of comparisons yeah. to that. Um, but yeah, as you're saying, I mean it's 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 slow R and B. It's not it's not my thing. Um, but it's it's decent for what it is. So I'm 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 not gonna knock it. I'd say the hook was probably the strongest part of the song. Um, uh, the hook and yeah the the Eminem interpolation and the feature. I think it's a it's a solid yeah. song. It's I like Chicago Freestyle is a solid Drake song like it, it could easily be put on a main album which is how you got to see some of the songs on here can this be on a main yeah. big album Drake was to release one and that, I think Shire Freestyle 100% could one thing that I don't think could be is Toosie Slide I really hate how catchy yeah. this is that's the thing people who don't like the song do you hate the song because it's a TikTok song and because it's catchy or do you actually hate the contents and the way it sounds that's the thing that's the thing you have I to think it's to. a shit song I'm gonna be honest. It's not well produced. Like, like it, it feels half baked. But the main thing is how annoyingly catchy it is. It's quite simple the production. It's isn't really. It? it doesn't feel finished. It doesn't feel like a finished track. It feels like a cash grab. Yeah, the song definitely feels very um, 
Drake was playing around in the studio, something sounded catchy. Mm. Let's. It, 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 I'm pretty confident it did go like this. This sounds catchy. Let me send it to people who do dances on Instagram. Oh look, they made a cool dance to it. Let me drop this and see if everyone. Yeah, the dance and it it's like that. It's like <laughs> Cha Cha Slide and Whip Nay Nay. Those sort of <laughs> that kind of yeah, chorus. Yeah, you see, like you see with the people, um, the Tootsies, the name of the guy, who, the, the choreographer. Like it, he Drake like had an idea of a song, sent it to that guy. Was like, oh, can you come up with a cool dance? Yes. Yeah. And then the dance came, and that's become a bit of a trend. But but I don't think it's like I don't know. I, I think, think there's a reason that it's on here and not his main album. It could, you know, songs like this, yeah, it could easily just be slapped onto a main album for sales. Yeah. But it's very interesting to see that he didn't do that. He put it on. He put it on this. I don't think he, he would wanted to. You know, but you know, like with views, Hotline Bling was just tapped mm. on at the end for sales because yeah, it was such yeah. a big song. He could have easily done this with uh, put Tootsie Slide at the end of his big album as a bonus track just for sales. Didn't probably because they fit. I mean, I don't know. The thing with this song is obviously, yes, it it was a TikTok song. I personally thought it was shit. I mean. Because oh, because I heard it because I heard it before it? like I hadn't heard it before going into this like so this this week mm. like, a few days ago was the first time I ever heard this song yeah, yeah, yeah. so so I was listening to it, I was like, I was, listening, I was like, what the fuck is this shit man and then I watched the video and it, it made a bit more sense like I got what he was going for I kind of got the point of the song a bit more but I mean look like I've said before on this pop on this podcast that like, I think pop music's improving in quality but if yeah, this but is a if, pop song, if yeah. like there was an obstacle to that happening, it it would have to be TikTok because it gives us songs like this, and I don't know, it feels like it was something that's made for instant gratification and to go viral and to bring in lots of cash. And I get that OVO needs to stay relevant and keep their numbers mm. up, but as far as substance goes, man, this this I don't I don't think this had much. I mean, there, there are some really bad lyrics in it, man. Like there was what, what was one of these. Got so many ops, I'll be mistaking ops for other ops. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, man. Dude, like, he's got much better lyrics. And I get this isn't supposed to be some lyrical masterpiece, but it, it, it just it just felt like a cheap cash grab to me. I think, see, what you said about TikTok, I think TikTok's really good for exposing artists. Like Doja Cat TikTok's blo- a great blew thing. up on TikTok. And- You're on the wrong side if you think TikTok's the bad thing for music. And you'll see in the long run. I think what's bad is when you see them targeting TikTok. Like, this was targeted for TikTok, and I think it suffers because of that. I think when it's more natural and stuff just blows up on TikTok because it's a good song, that... I think the problem with TikTok is is a lot of songs that blow up on TikTok. is people listen to them for the hype and because they're popular, which is... and, And not for the actual music itself, which I don't think is what music's about, but that's a whole other discussion. We... We're quite yeah, young, yeah, yeah. but you guys, the, the the thing you might not remember is ringtone music was the thing. Oh yeah, similar to what mm. TikTok music's being right now, which is ringtone ringtone music like Soldier Boy. It's kind of like this would be a ringtone tone song in the sense that it's got a catchy hook that's really like mm. infectious, and it just the whole point of the song really yeah, is to yeah, just repeat yeah. that little part. Yeah, yeah, and we're kind of back onto that now because people obviously don't put songs as their ringtones, but we're now mm. on TikTok. Where it's the ten seconds of the song, you just want to hear it. That's a good way of putting it. But yeah. obviously, there's a bit more to it, like a dance. There's like a dance and like a, a trend that goes along with it now. But it's 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 pop music follows that kind yeah. of trend, and we're just back onto it. Really, Definitely. we kind of had different kind of things, but we're well, back onto that. Whole, it's like, interesting then because the how seconds. did how did this song do chart wise? Was it a number one? I think so. Yeah, because massive this song. Because that's interesting the... because we're kind of at a weird crossroads with pop now because we had After Hours by The Weeknd, which was a number one album. Personally, I thought that was a masterpiece. It's, it's the best album I've heard this year, 
by miles. It was, it was a I solid. Loved it. I thought yeah. I thought it was incredible. And then you've got that like that's just as popular as you know this this two C slide, and. You, you don't think some of the songs on Weekend's album were really pandering to pop, though? No, I thought that the poppiest songs on there, which was, I would say In Your Eyes was probably the poppiest one, that was, you know, it still had innovation and it, had it still yeah, fit in with the album in terms of themes and sound. Whereas this is this is just a cheap, well, to me, it feels like a cheap cash grab, which <clears> is how I've been describing it. You have to give it credit. I don't think there's that much oh, artistry like that's gone into this. Yeah, in terms of production and thing, but you have to give credit in the sense that what other artist could just flow that nicely on a song, making like a catchy hook like that? Because I think it flows quite nice. Like there's a couple of questionable lines, but like the whole like, "Don't you want to dance with me?" No, I could dance like Michael Jack. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, I can get like it sounds. It, it's it's kind of it, it just flows nicely. It just flows on it so nicely, and it just people like it for a no, reason. I, get I, I think I, it's quite. I a nice get the song. appeal. I, I'm I'm not saying it's like if if you. I hate it. It's yeah, terrible, it's not. It's it? no ten out of ten, yeah. but it's 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 a fun. It's a I fun get the song. I, I understand it's why it's there, but I think I don't know. Just just to sum up, like I think the whole problem with this kind of song, not that it's a problem. Like I get that this kind of music is always gonna like be prevalent in one way or another. But you know, it, if there are other like up and coming artists that are gonna listen to this song and be like, oh shit, okay, you know, to make the next big thing, I'm gonna create some fucking some some dancers some some cheap song that's gonna be catchy and like just blow up and everyone's gonna listen to it on tiktok and shit and i think if that becomes the motivation for making a popular song i i don't know if that's if that i don't think that's a good place for music to go but it's i suppose there's a lot of angles it's already to at it. that point there's a lot of it? angles to it i feel like music's already at that point I, like I, make a catchy song i don't know they're obviously there it's there's so many different artists but if someone really wants to like really really wants mm. to be a pop artist they can do it in the sense of the way you're saying like the weekend did weekend's really interesting in the sense that he had the lo-fi music yeah. da, da, da. now he's started making more mainstream yeah. music but if you think of just the odd catchy song that's just been there they really are just trying to really go mm. for pop yeah like just make something catchy yeah. because right now it's like it's the say so and what's the other one the Meg the Stallion Savage they're the number one and two I think at the moment I don't know which order it is there's a whole thing they've got a remake that's actually another topic <laughs> it's a whole other topic but we'll talk about that later that's yeah. a whole other topic um, Say So and Savage you just have to look at old time right? yeah, man. it was a guy found a cool short very basic beat on YouTube sat in his room recorded it yeah. like the thing you're disliking which is really just I'm just going to make something catchy that can hit number one and it's exactly. and it was catchy hit number one it was very memeable yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it Music really is going that way, which is fine, I think. Because I, I guess when you listen to it, it's nothing special. But songs like Tootsie Slide and Old Time Road aren't really like guilty pleasure. They're just yeah, yeah, yeah. Songs, They're not supposed to be kind of overthought. They're, they're... Well, they they wouldn't be yeah, yeah, yeah. where they are if people didn't enjoy them as well. Like yeah, the yeah, memes yeah. are one thing, and there weren't elements. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not you too. After Chicago Freestyle. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't song. like this one. I didn't like it either. I th- I thought this 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 whole song just it just felt. First of all, it went on way too long. I thought, and the whole thing just felt a bit stagnant. How long is it? And lyrically, just felt like more of the same Drake lyrics. And also, I think they could have done a lot more with Chris Brown's feature. Like, I get that this was supposed to be a more low-key yeah, song, but it just felt very really flavorless. Toned down. I don't think it is. This is a feature. I, I don't think they should have credited it as that. Yeah. I, I guess He's they, like a backup singer. I, I think it? it's a crit. 
Yeah, I think it's a creative decision in the sense that you know, like when you have, yeah, you know, when you have like background yeah, yeah, vocals yeah. and it, like that's what it is. I normally you don't really credit something exactly, like that yeah. as a feature. Mm. You, it's you there. just it's a fun fact. But I guess yeah. for the name in it, it's it's cool just to say like oh, feature Chris Brown on the packing was oh what that what's Again, that yeah. like, After no guidance, which is a great song, I'd say Chris Drake and Chris mm. Brown, which did really well. I as heard well. that. This uh, that's why I, I was. I was underwhelmed with this because obviously I heard no guidance a while ago. I was expecting something because that was really them collaborating, going off each other. This was just a Drake. It, it goes in the categories again. It's a Drake song about girls. Sad. You guys might not like it, but as Sony's as as a Drake, man, it fits that category. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. He has the nice little melody. First time in a long time. Like it just sounds good. And then there's little bits that if if you see featuring Chris Brown in the name, you're like, oh, this is shit. Mm. But if you didn't. If you weren't mm. expecting a full full blown like Chris Brown feature, it's cool when you hear like Drake sing and then you hear that little Chris Brown voice mm. in the background. But yeah, a lot I mean, more I just think that yeah, I would have liked say a full Chris Brown verse, for example, because I've you know no matter what he's like as a person, you know, he's he is a, he is a very good singer. He's he's got a really nice voice. So I mean, if you're gonna get him on a song, you know, either don't credit him, just have him there as the BBs, mm. as he is here. Like he's got some chops on him, but here he feels really toned down. Also in the mix, he feels quite low down. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, he's given the position of a backup singer. This this does really fit though, the aesthetic I was talking about earlier. It literally feels like Drake and Chris Brown were in the studio. Chris Brown was playing background vocals, mm. but throwaway song. Yeah. Do you think, chucked it on. It do you think yeah. maybe yeah. Ovio was scared? Because I don't know about other collaborations they've done, but were well, they maybe scared to give Chris Brown the full spot on this album, given like mm. his name. No, and... it's it's not an OVO thing. Drake's not actually signed to OVO. He's signed directly to um public. Really? Okay. But he's not OVO's an, a label he oh, owns okay, and okay, features okay. with them and works with them, but he's not right, actually okay, signed okay. and they like don't make the decisions on I think like for no guidance, it was a song Chris Brown's album. That's a Drake song which right. he gave to Chris Brown and Chris Brown took over. Um, Drake does that all the time you might notice with features I, I just think this literally it fits the demo tapes in the sense that they were they probably have another song which is complete but while they were making that other song Drake recorded this Chris Brown did some background vocals for it and it was just that right. was it they never it was just sitting on a hard drive and they thought oh let's just release it you mm. know what I mean it doesn't really feel like they, they saw a full-fledged yeah. vision for it but I, I, I think it's an okay song we're now on to Desires. With Future. Desires, okay. That's the next one to talk about. Which is one of my favourite songs. Oh, I hated this one. Only because it, it obviously leaked before, and I really liked it when it leaked. Then it was released on SoundCloud, January time, on OVO's um, SoundCloud. as It was called like Desires Leak 2020 Future Drake, mocking the fact that it had already leaked. But Drake obviously wanted to release it properly before everyone heard the leaked version. Um, I, I really like this song. I, I just really like I like the production. I like the... The chorus that you got desires, I know, I know. I like the way he bounces off the future. They fit the flow nice. I like some of the lines. Oh, it's questionable what he's talking about, but it's just a classic Drake. I, I want this girl more than anything. <laughs> I want to be possessive of her. But I, I really like the song. I think it's really catchy. Mm. And the outro is really good, in my opinion. I See, like I, I, I didn't like this one. I thought it was really bad. Uh, I th- <clears throat> what don't you like about it? I thought it was very bland. I thought it was. It had a lot of boring crooning in it. And I thought it was another future appearance with just no substance. Because Future's done a lot of features um, on on pop songs where he's 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 you can tell he's there for the paycheck. Um, and I think that's the case over here. I think 
later on in the album we have D4L which was probably my favorite on this record and I thought that was a much 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 better feature and it's future sounded Definitely a lot the more weaker of the two feature spots yeah 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 I mean Drake and Future are a, they're a good team I found like, they've done some the stuff lyrics it, like, kind of troubling oh man the yeah. way it, it it's kind of the way he says it more than so he says I should have put you somewhere where no one could find you mansion out in the sticks with nothing around you the way he says it is kind of he's coming on a bit strong and it just sounds a bit dodge <laughs> a bit possessive yeah yeah uh, I don't know if you know the White Stripes they've got a song called um, You've Got Her In Your Pocket and it kind of does the same thing it's like like I love this girl so much I just want to lock her away so like she never leaves me and that kind of thing but in his performance and you can watch Jack White do it live he like breaks down he's so emotional about it like he's crying he did it on um, Jimmy Fallon or something. He was crying while singing it and he could barely finish the song. It was like that emotional for him. Here, it's not that. It feels like Drake's being possessive and coming on strong. And yeah, I wasn't feeling it at all. Yeah, it's definitely about like a troublesome relationship. Yeah. I feel like it, because there's like this with a lot of things, two ways you can see it. And it depends if you really want to be like all angry about the fact that he's being possessive over a woman. Or you can also see it in the sense that, like, in the same way you're saying, it's like he loves this person, so he cares about this person I think person that's so what he, he was trying to do. But... You can tell, like, in in his second verse where he goes, like, oh, self-control has never been your thing. Don't think they will help if there's a ring with a rock in it. It seems more like, oh, there's relationship problems. Well, what the idea of the song is, anyway, like, relationship problems. This person might be uh, cheating. Or he even says, why are you keeping so many secrets? Going vegan but beefing with me again. Classic. Mm. Oh, that's a funny line from Drake. How the fuck you seen so many beaches, tickets to them places that come cheap? It, nodding to the fact that oh, other men are flying you out to places. How are you going to yeah. different places? Um, like, it, and that's why it's like I should have put you somewhere where no one could find you. I should have kept so, you somewhere. Uh, yeah, I, I can tell these other men could have. He's been not with you. like tr- he's not actually being possessive, but it can come off that way. It's not like I yeah, want to yeah, lock yeah. you up. Yeah, it comes out that way. But when you like listen to the other, it really does seem like oh, she's with other men. Like he says that like, oh, I seen you back in Turks. Remember who took you there first? Then you forget like. Some other men are now mm. with this woman. He feels like, oh, I should have kept you. I shouldn't have put you on my Instagram or like pub- publicized you because that's how all these pe- other people yeah. found you. It's like, it's kind of like, I've, I see it as that kind of, the angry is coming from. But you can all, I, I just think you, like, oh, he, he just should have been a bit more careful with this. I think he's, the, the way his yeah, phrasing it, is a bit, needs a bit of work. The, the desires, I think Anthony Fantana said as well, that you got desires, I know, I know. I, when I first heard it, I heard, thought of the cheating thing. Like she's got desires with mm. other men. But he saw it as, and I guess you can all see it, like, oh, she's got desires to be come up in the world and Drake's trying to keep her down and lock her up. <laughs> I didn't Ooh, think that. You can't hear it like that <laughs> as well. You can hear it like that as well. But I, I think, obviously, the perspective he had... Right yeah, no, no, I don't think he's, he's anything bad with his intention. It's just how it... It just sounds it, a bit yeah. suspect. In, yeah, I guess. Definitely. Uh, what did you guys uh, think of the um, outro of the song where he slows it down? It goes. So I, th- I think it was. So that's the fight. That it was a nice verse. section, but I think the reason that it didn't strike me at first is because it was a good opportunity to kind of have this bigger production. Like they could have had some strings and maybe like orchestral something just bigger mm-hmm. than the lo-fi chords that you hear throughout Drake. It stuff. still felt very minimal. I think I like the introduction of the the yeah. synth bass coming in and the halftime, but it didn't feel like it didn't. You know, really made me stop, stop me, and stop me in my tracks, and go, like, "Oh, 
What's what's this? What's this I'm hearing? Uh, and uh, I think it was it was a good opportunity to do that. It was it's like a nice section that it slowed down, and they could have had some bigger production elements. But it was it was it was nice for what it is. Yeah, I feel like again, if this was on like a proper album, they probably would have focused on finishing it yeah. off a lot more. Because this this literally sounds exactly the same as the leak. It's just it's missing a future intro and verse. Okay, the leak actually has more future. Right. Um, and the actual outro, which is the voice recording mm. bit, which links really nicely onto the next song. That again come, uh, was from the lives I was talking oh, okay. about, where he was on Instagram yeah, yeah. Live playing the songs. So they ripped this off the live. It's, this really proves it though that this out this tape really would have wouldn't have happened unless they were on live mm. and everyone was leaking these these songs that came out. But yeah, it's, it has Drake singing the "I'm Outside" and AMG hook to "Time Flies." And we move on to "Time Flies," which I think another great great song. I think this is where the, in my opinion, this is where the album starts hitting. Like these are good songs coming in a row, right? Because I like Desire. Some people think it thinks it starts at Time Flies. But what do you guys think? I think Time Flies is solid. I've I've not got much notes for it. I just think it was a solid little trap tune. It's just yeah, the hook's good, beats hard. Nothing much more to say. Another Oz production. Yeah, it's another Oz. Mm, it, it didn't it didn't really stand out to me, man. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I heard it. it was it's not one of the ones I've I've got a lot of downfall because it just felt a bit. It just felt like it was there. I mean, you've got the you got a line, you believe in angles more than angels. I mean, I get what he's trying to say. Fair enough. You know, angles, angels, switch letters around. But what's the what's the point of the, what's the point of this line? I think I mean, cam- camera angles in it. Yeah, yeah. But but like, like what relevance that. does that have to the rest of the verse? You know, like with angels, you know, it feels like they thought of the line and then just like, oh, let's, let's throw that in the verse. Landed was the next one. And I think for both of them, lyrically, there's not a lot going on that, like was interesting me it was just there was just solid bangers like just targe trap solid drake songs it just feels like yeah, yeah. and uh, i think it's it's a formula that's like it's not hard to mess up they're just solid tunes not got much written about them but they're they're you know they're good well, it's interesting you say formula though because so, i do feel like a lot of these songs do sound fairly similar so i wonder if he does have like some form of formula that he does follow to guarantee a popular song. I think when you made that many songs, you just unintentionally start making very similar songs. And you know, it's like your subconscious. I, I don't think he's saying like, yeah. yeah, I don't think feel, feel like he's saying he's like, oh, I just made Hotline Bling. Let me make mm. the next Hotline Bling. I feel like he just, oh yeah, Hotline Bling did really well, and then subconsciously makes songs that sound very that felt fitful in that thing. But it, so this song originally was, um, you know, in life is good. Mm. That starting life is good. This was part of that. It was part of life really? is good, and then it was taken off. And he played, yeah, he played it on the live. He said, "This is an um, alternate version of life is good." And then it came oh, out as its own song, right? In, in the tape. But apparently, he, he said that he had a feature on it. There's no feature on it, though. So I wonder who was scrapped <laughs> as a feature. But um, yeah. So the line you were saying about the um angles more than angels. You say like it wasn't referenced before. The first verse where he goes, I just caught a shorty off a of Finstar, the fake Instagram account. Um, the, the song's kind of like talking about reconciling with someone and he's feeling lonely and he's just trying to like, like he says, I think we need to have an adventure. I could be your man, but maybe down the road. Right now, I'd rather see my heart, heart turn to chrome. And then he says, this is like, it's the weird kind of Drake lines. He goes, I'd rather see my heart turn to chrome. And he goes, rather see my heart turn crystal. I can even front like I don't miss you. Like It's, it's obviously talking about someone the, the chorus doesn't really link into it at all. 
but the verses are I think are just about like a classic mm, mm, of Drake's okay. missing a girl that's why he says that you believe in angles more than angels trying to convince himself I'm missing you but I don't really need you because there's this bad thing about you I, f- I feel like I love you too much to change you like there's something I need to change about you but I'm just not like it's that kind of like which is why I think it fits it's just another like I've got so many chains they call me chains oh this is this is smart when you hear yeah. anything it's nothing to be looked at the angles and angels on but did you like the chorus set it was all right it was all right not amazing uh, smart, not kind of, awful just, it's not, he's just right. very good at these catchy choruses isn't he it, that's how i felt about yeah, I think the it's album smart. it's just it's all right it, it's smart um how the way he does the amg right outside tt and then tt links to two turn baby girl yeah, yeah. You know nice. oh, okay, I, I like, okay. I like that bit. and then afterwards he just I, I like that bit of it it's just that it's it's just random, but I guess apparently the TT links to like AMG's twin turbo engines. But I just like the TT and the two turn. It just it just sounds nice when you put it, it all comes together. It's just really nice. Yeah, it, it it sounds good. I'm not digging into the lyrics with this one. It's just with these sort of the, the track bangers. Like you just in a club they hit. Yeah, I, I, I think this is good. This is the next popular Tootsie Slide kind of song. For I me. mean, I suppose I like quite, that's that's one of the popular. things that that you know Drake does is that. You don't listen to his music. Well, I suppose it depends on the listener, but a lot of people wouldn't just listen to his music to super analyze the lyrics or break his shit down. Or I think you know, the it depends on with this production. It's just his voice sounds nice. I, right? I think it depends on. I think it depends on yeah, the project. Yeah. Like on one of his main albums, you can tell that some of the songs and the lyrics are really like, oh, he's trying to. This meant to fit onto an album. This is quite a serious topic, and he's trying to put something out there. This project really just feels like. I hear a couple catchy songs. Mm. I, I mean, they, they are really like throwaways, aren't they? Kind of story. Yeah, they, yeah. When you get the kind of more lo-fi, sometimes more mel- melancholic ones, those are ones where you know he's wanting you to pay attention to the lyrics here, and that's more the focus. With these ones, with the eight oh eights and the hard-hitting drums, I feel like then it just becomes about the vibe and less about lyrically what's going on. I just want more more adventure, man. That's right. a personal thing from you guys, though, isn't it? You know, like the more epic sounding, the Kanye, Travis, it's the people signed to his label, the sound they kind of follow. This really is like a minimal beat Drake mm. carries. Like, yeah, because like yeah. like Drake's weekend, got like, the yeah, resources I mean. to do something amazing. He's got all the producers he can imagine, like any producer he can get straight up. Like there's no producer that's going to turn down Drake. So I think... He's got the resources to do something amazing, and yeah. this kind of lo-fi stuff, I think, is done for long enough now that he can start to experiment. Really hope he switches it up, man. The thing is, it's, it's more of a risk, though, isn't it, for for the business? Because because mm. he knows that this this sound that he's got going for him sells really well, which I suppose is is what it uh, what a lot of it comes down to. I used to say um, Drake is like the Call of Duty of music. Like it just comes out with consistent every year, just an album. Like can can do it. That's what you constantly. were saying about FIFA. Not FIFA, because FIFA's the same thing over and over again. Call of Duty change it up a li- little bit. Yeah, this isn't it's, like it's always decent. It's yeah, it's a bit like that. It can fit that a bit. But anyway, as I was saying, I'm with the whole like a sound like an album, like a full studio kind of, like the weekends kind of production, or like the Kanye, the Travis Scott. You kind of hear like. The cohesion mm. of an album with views and Scorpion, obviously, you don't with more life, which yeah. is like a play, which is like they trucked random songs together. This obviously you're not going to hear it with. I 
Drake can do it in the sense that you're right. You're right about budget, but I just mean artistically. I think he could 100 percent do it. It's, yeah. Does he want to, and would it still be commercially what he's looking for? Because I think, like, even with Kanye, we know that Kanye mm. might make one classic album again. Uh, yeah. He's just not going to do it, is he? I don't know about like, that. Based on how he feels, how <laughs> he feels personally. With the whole Jesus walks, in my opinion, with the whole like Jesus walks things and where he's kind of heading, it doesn't feel like he's going to personally want to do something. Well, like we've that got again. Jesus is King too, Dre and Kanye. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. So I mean, like with with Drake, I don't know if he's going to make that next album. Yeah, like what you guys want to hear. It's not even necessarily um, that. Pops like me it. personally, that I would want to hear some kind of maximalist, super High grand, production. like synth heavy you know um an album from drake i just want something i just want something different something more adventurous i want him to take more of a risk you know i want i want to hear something that's not been done before that drake's doing for the first time you know that for that's me because because we had sicko more musicality. and he's shown that they're capable of making stuff like that i don't see why Sicker they would want to journey the, into the drake that more sicko mode though really is just a trap song it's nothing the production of it's cool because there's Travis Scott's behind it, but it's nothing. I don't. It, it Drake just gave him the second half of the song, and they they managed to fix it in and make it sound great. I, I like the first half of Sycamore a lot more. What the Travis than Scott Drake's part? Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone said <laughs> radio skipped that part. Let's play the second half. Really? Yes. Well, like genuinely, like every time they play Sycamore, they don't play the Travis Scott know, bit. That's disgraceful. I don't rate the second part. I think Drake's verse is like. The second part's the banger part. That's the that's the part the clubs go crazy so? for. Yeah, sun is down, freezing codes. That's dangerous. the bit I think always right. a good thing, man. Yeah. Really, yuck. Uh, it's not a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Should we go to London? The next one. <laughs> it landed next. Let's go to brief landed. So landed again. I thought this is just a solid trap banger. Again, not got much to say lyrically. There's not much that was interesting me, but it was just a solid song and it's banger. So I can say. The rapping I felt was quite unconvincing, and the bars overall were just a bit average. I like the chorus. Do you like like in the terms? Of, it's another Drake. This, this and time it's, flies. It's nice catchy just a chorus. Nice catchy, yeah. Like if I got a land, I'ma stick it. Baby, let it go, and you're gonna miss it. Wrote this with the cart, yeah, pen. Do I sound different? And I like the uh, I've been, uh, I've been what. I, I just like the little pauses that like how they flow mm. on a beat. But um, I thought the Cartier pen, the Cartier pen line was quite. It was right, but. I mean, in terms of um, it's a funny whole, line, isn't it? With the, like the whole meat. theme of, of of opulence and like just you know extreme riches and stuff. We looked at West Side Gun last week, and I think that is a much better example of kind of you know showing off your your wealth and expressing that side of things, you know, in a very artistic manner, as opposed to this, which is just you know just straight up saying, "Yeah, I wrote with a Cartier pen," and. You know, there's other bits though, I but think, yeah, he does. He does like just straight. Like yeah. he owns the plane, and um, he sees like he says yeah, overseas and back. I was ra- yeah. He goes overseas and back. I was round tripping, and then boarding. Air, and then at the end of verse one, he goes boarding air Drake taking off in it. Like yeah, he's just explicitly saying it. Mm. It's just Drake's done this before. Like it's just braggadocious. Drake's yeah. yeah. Switches. You hear it like I brought my dog a roly because he rolled with it, and I bought the girl a <laughs> shovel because she gold digging. Like you say it straight up. I know what you mean. You could be more subtle, and it still sounds great, but. The- the thing with with landed right, and this is something that's really stood out to me, is that I can't take Drake seriously when he's doing this braggadocious stuff, because <laughs> you know I can't, I can't, it doesn't feel authentic, and I can't shake his pop star image. <clears throat> and then he goes and tries to do a song like this, and it doesn't feel, 
you know it, it doesn't feel menacing or like it's got any you know real that, characters that's to it. what i was talking about before when i was talking about my history with yeah. drake you always had like the Lil Wayne's and the gangster rappers, and he never felt like he fit with them. He was always have, this kid from have you guys Canada. That gone was... through. Um, if you're reading this, it's too late as a project. I've listened to a few songs of that. Yeah. That's the of I all think of them. That's, really, that's the only one I actually like. That's that. That is where you really see the full shift. That nothing was the same. You kind of see the full shift from the week. Oh, this guy's a girly rapper to like. Oh, this guy does the proper raps. I, I feel like that was the yeah. shift for a lot of people. But I, this isn't street shit. This is hard. I, brag- I own an yeah, airplane. Like brag- yeah, just yeah, yeah. Braggadocious. If I got, I'm rich. Yeah. That's all it is. It's not street shit. It's not. But in like- terms of the kind of sound and like the delivery and what he's trying to put it across, I think that there are artists that are doing this kind of thing way better. And that was another one of my overall points of this album. Yeah, yeah. Is, no, I, I do yeah. agree. Like artistically, it's lacking, but it doesn't take away from its solitude. Yeah, he just he, he's solidifies the whole I'm rapping about my plane at the end because he um and if I got a land I'ma stick that motherfucker at the clairport and park that like he just <laughs> pretends he's gonna go on the chorus just says one line about the plane and ends the song yeah <clears throat> <laughs> I think it's alright it's called landing the, uh, like I feel like with Drake I'm, I have to like with West Side Gun I'm properly critiquing everything like every bar by bar I'm going through it like mm. Looking at you the lyrics, dissecting with it. Is... With with this, I don't think you, you can. You can just see I mean, it as like mediocre like look at it. in pop music, in the sense you can just see it as that. Yeah, it serves its purpose. It, it's like solid for what it's for a... what it is for what it is. Yeah, but so like overall, uh, uh, yeah. would you like it or dislike it? I'm sorry, so. Overall, like decent. What do you think, sir? I'm saying that. Uh, nah. no, not my thing. <laughs> so. We'll go next on to uh, D4L. D4L. Now, this oh. <clears throat> this was different because Seth really likes this one. So I'll let you... This, I think Young Thug breathed a lot of life and character into the whole project. And I've, I, I, this is very important, but I think Future sounds a lot more at home over here than he does on Desires. Because this isn't a poppy I track. Agree. Uh, and I, I really prefer Future on the dirty southern trap stuff i think as well the the chemistry between yeah, the three yeah, of them was amazing definitely. like it sounds like they're all in one studio just like that having was a big part of it. i i don't think i don't think they were though i think this was a they, they weren't but it, that's how it comes across like, i think this was this is well you can tell um there's little like clues but this is a young thug future song and then drake just jumped on it. them together it sounds great i, I think you give credit you can yeah you have to kind of give credit here to drake for being able to merge onto this really well because you can tell what mm. young thug doesn't actually use shout out over at all in the song but um future must have come on and added an extra bit but um what, <laughs> what, what i like about future yeah, is he he's just got these lines like for example in this song all that you gonna think we come from saudi arabia like i mean <laughs> i mean it's it's such a stupid lyric but you know it works for what it is this is like their king's dead equivalent I thought. this is future like he was yeah king's yeah dead. yeah I mean, he's 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 not taking himself too seriously. He's mm. just he's just having fun on the beat, and I suppose that's that that comes through a lot more than the rest of the album, which is quite. Been three and like the almost infectious um, what's happening, the way they put that into the hook and everything. Oh yeah, that's the Soldier Boy. Yeah, it's the Soldier Boy. Drake- classic line. Isn't Drake said it? it before in a song. It's, it doesn't come from Soldier Boy though. It comes from D- is it it's not? a rap group called D4L. It's an old rap group. And they say it. 
Okay. Soldier Boy used it before, and then Drake's used it before. I thought it was. So, I thought it was that classic. Like ring. We're talking That's about probably where we would have heard. It. Was... That's probably where you would have heard. Yeah, it. yeah. But I just feel like this is one of the rare occasions you get a song with three artists, and they just flow off each other really nicely. They bounce off each other really nicely. And even though they might not have actually been in the studio together. It really feels like they were all just like really enjoying themselves in the studio and all three were just recording this at once. But then I suppose that whole thing is just mm. a question of are you after the sound of, of the track that they're, they're trying to go for or are you after Drake? You know, because if you're after it's Drake the and the sound, you know, then it's perfect. But, you know, I, I, if I wanted the sound and I wanted, and I wanted Drake and Future together, personally, I'd go listen to um, What a Time to Be Alive. But even if like Drake wasn't on this, the Young Thug Future parts, I just think that would be if they had released on its own, it would have been like a great song, it'd be a hit. But mm. then Drake provides yeah. the kind of like, oh, here's like a solid voice that's got no effects on it. Let me just. I, I, I like this. Drake in this. Yeah, I, I thought it, even lyrically he was pretty good. I like. I wrote one down. I remember grade six. I was up in Palers trying to get some A six. Now night down in the motherfucking snake Chase pit. Line. <laughs> like that's a sick <laughs> lyric. Mm. Yeah. See, my, my my favorite was uh, Young Thug's little interde- little interjection after Future's talking about Araris. He goes, "I eat calamari," just straight up. Just in the song. <laughs> yeah, I bought her Arari. I yep. eat Beautiful. calamari. It's it's very Young Thug. Yeah, it's a great song. Nothing bad to say about that line. I don't have a problem with this track at all. The best song on the album, DFRL, is then followed by by far the worst, Play 93. But whose fault is that? With Playboy Carti. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, as a Drake <laughs> fan, are you, are you, you going to defend this verse, this feature? No, right. you can't. Um, yeah. It's, it's disappointing how Drake literally feels like he's... He knows this is going to be a song on Playboy Carti and he's trying so hard to make this a banger. So, you know, you just listen to the Drake parts. Like, he flows so nicely. He, like, gives a really great verse. Gives him the one of, like, the most catchiest choruses you can give. Says to Carti, I'm giving you, like, a hit. And then there's loads of hype around this song as well. You guys didn't know. Before it yeah. came out, there was so much hype about this song. Snippets and everyone was waiting for it to come out. And it was like, oh, everyone's saying, like, oh, this is going to be Playboy Carti's big song. He's got it with Drake. Drake, because the snippets, there was no Playboy Carti, there was only Drake. So everyone knew, like, oh, Drake's doing this thing on here. Playboy Carti can, like, kill this. It'll be mad. Mm. And then he just does baby voice. He ruined it. What, what yeah. were they thinking, man? Because, look, I, I don't listen to Carti or, like, that, 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 that style of music. It's never been for me. But, like, I, I know that when you're listening to it, you're not supposed to overthink it or anything. Like, it's just the vibe, the sound. You're supposed to roll with that, it. Oh, there's genuinely but, nothing you can say with this. Is, but but what, was, really bad what was the point of this <laughs> verse, man? Like, what, what were they thinking? Why, why, why is it pitched up? You know, he, he sounds like one of those basic Snapchat bitches with the fucking squeaky voice filter, and it, it adds nothing to the song, and it it, it, it it's it's unlistenable, man. I don't say that often, but really, it un- so, I think after it's hearing it, it grows on you. It's still terrible, nah, but it man. does grow on you because Playboy Carti at the end of the day, he is good at making those little bits kind of catchy. But it's I don't like it, but it it does. The more you listen to it, it doesn't sound worse in my opinion. But he just ruined it. He does ruin the song. Well. I never want to go back to it. Let's put it at that. It's definitely the worst song <laughs> I've heard the this start, year. Does the start Drake bit not make you want to go back to it though? The hook where he goes like, again, it was it was okay, but that like stole the show in a bad way. Yeah, I know what you mean. It properly ruins. This was supposed to be the song as well. Like this was the one everyone was hyping. Fully, like, really didn't like it, man. Shits on the whole track. <laughs> I thought the the Drake verse itself was also pretty lackluster, and but I think that with 
Cardi's verse, that fucking atrocity that follows Drake's verse, you know, it, it makes Drake's bit seem like a work of genius. In terms of actual notes, in terms of actual <laughs> lyricism, yeah, fair enough, Drake's is very, it fits the kind of like, but the, the flow on that verse is nice. I mean, it's nice. That's a yeah, nice flow. And it's not, it's, again, it's nothing you've heard before from Drake. It's like a new kind of flow. Mm. Um, yeah, just one thing I picked <clears> up on was that Drake said in an interview, and I believe it was with Rap Radar, he was saying something about a lack of originality in rap. And I've not watched the full interview, but the bit I've seen is that he's he's basically saying that anyone that wants to get into rap, you know, will just go into YouTube, search Pierre Bourne's type beat, and rap about some super generic shit. So he's saying that as a criticism of the current rap game, but then what is this track? That's it. That's exactly what he's what he's describing. When he said that, it was kind of like he was talking about Playboy Carti and that kind of new age of rappers. So it's quite it's interesting. That he kind of just goes on and says, oh, "I'm going to give Carti the perfect this type of song, which should fit his yeah, persona yeah. and his music and his fans. His fans will love this song. He just if he slaps a good verse on it, it'll be a bang. It'll probably it, this could have gone number one if Carti mm. had a amazing. Yeah, yeah. He probably thought like this is a big song. Um, right. I, I did the baby voice on Earthquake with Tyler. <laughs> People loved that." let me do the baby voice again let me do the baby voice again in a song with drake people might love it i think in that mm. song though the way it was mixed you can kind of just ignore his first, i don't think he there's no know? way he knew this is terrible i'm releasing this is yeah this oh, is yeah. like Maybe. he thought yeah. like this could work then it didn't not even like in in earthquake he's just he's kind of so toned down and yeah, like it's used, his voice is used he, as he instrumental. feels like an instrument yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why it works in earthquake we'll just press the skip button So I really like Losses. I thought this was one of my favourites on the album because it's kind of, you're getting a proper heartfelt, true reflection of Drake's feelings and his emotions towards his his father. The intro starts with this like really funky soul bit, which I wasn't expecting to hear it with his dad talking over the top. I don't, this was from an Instagram Live, was it? Yeah, it links again to the whole I'm saying. This wouldn't have happened without quarantine and Instagram Lives. Uh, the, the interlude and the uh, intro are... Drake and his dad were on Instagram Live together. The the instrumental though, where did that come from? Was that uh, like his dad was playing it, or his dad does that kind of music? I think it, 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 I think they just made that for the for the song. I don't think it's sampled of anything. That's mad. I th- just to fit in with the That's vibe, like his dad's w- in the song. Gonna- I would. It would have been interesting to hear Drake do that type of beat. Not taking away from the mm. actual beat, which is pretty nice. And what do you think um, about the uh, contents and the lyrics? Yeah, lyrically, it's, it, I think this is Drake at his best. Yeah. Not got anything bad to say it's, about it's it. It's weird. It's like you don't really get a lot of songs like this from Drake where he's describing a relationship in detail in mm. a in a, like, a negative, like it's gone wrong, but it's not about a woman. Yeah, it, yeah. This, is, <clears throat> this exactly. is definitely not about yeah. a woman, but I don't think it's really clear, clear who it's about. I don't think it's his dad, but there's a lot of like really good reflective lines. And then there's the classic, you might roll your eyes, I do, this for, I do it for the Grahams, not the Graham. Like the, the, yeah, the Drake, yeah. Drake lines, but that that did make me think. Like, I didn't I didn't realize before this that his surname was Graham. Yeah, like that's Graham. that's a your middle name is Clarence type thing. Isn't I, it? I like Graham. I, I like uh, <laughs> it's just this is this song fits into like you know the Drake categories. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, this is like a reflective Drake song. Nice, cl- yeah, chill yeah. Beat. And he's got a couple like ref- nice. He's got he's got like a nice verse that just. You, I don't know if it, you say connect with emotionally, but people can like kind of like relate and would like and play again. Yeah. And he's just got a couple of lines that just are just funny to hear. Like he goes, 
It was always you and I without the TY. I'll give you a few seconds mm. for that set. But you got it? And you didn't, he didn't actually get it. Oh, it was always you and I <laughs> without the TY. Unity is the word. Uh, and obviously this is about in a relationship <laughs> where he's lost their, their, their unity together. So it's just little lines like that. Just nice to hear when it goes over your head you hear it again. You go, wow, this is a bar. Like, it's just oh, okay. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Took me a while. Okay, so that's bumped up my score maybe <laughs> by, by, by half a point. <laughs> and then next... No, no, like... Yeah, I think definitely don't overlook this track. It's a, it's a solid one. Yeah, but you you really like from Florida oh, Love. I would say top. It might be my favorite, or at least top two or three. Florida Love. I really right the Mexico the Mexi- Mexico Droby. Um, I produced Plug, Rich the Kid, a couple other songs, and you you see they sample that Plug. Mm. I, I I like the the Drake verse on here. I like the way the ad libs come on. A lot I like, and um, I really like the chorus. I, I, I'm back, booted up, turned up, piped up, plug. I'm back, baby. Where the love, where the love at? I, I just, I, I, that's one of my favorite songs. I don't know why. I just, it, it's not like oh, I relate with the lines. It just clicks with me really nice when I hear it, and it's mm. probably the one I repeat the most on the album. Okay, yeah, for me this was it. It didn't strike out as anything in particular. It was kind of. I felt it was one of the more plain average ones, to be honest. But I really, I did like the beat and I really liked kind of the weird sounds. It was like a vinyl tape distortion that they had yeah, on the beat. Yeah, there's something put on Which top I really it, liked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it had some nice bits to it. And I, I did like the chorus, like you said. Yeah, this is another one of like, I haven't even mentioned every time, but like this was a leaked song. So I'd already heard it on repeat mm. in yeah, terrible yeah. quality before. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like this one a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't had much to say apart from I like the song. I talk about occasional about the lyrics and stuff. But... That, that's good. We need that balance, <laughs> man. Like because we we just be trashing but it. it all it's really. It's that's... just like when you guys have line, points to say, I can I can like join in. If you've not listened to this Drake project, the last two tracks is kind of Drake's Drake's venture into drill music, which you know we've discussed before on the podcast. It's a genre that's blown up quite a lot. It's very. It's becoming more and more culturally culturally significant. And so obviously Drake is dipping his toe in the water. So we've got demons and we've got wall. My my overall stance on Drake doing drill music is that I like that he's trying something new for him, but for it to work, he's he's got to try making it radically his own sound, and he's got to really he's got to really push the sound. I, I com- I completely disagree with how you I'm, I'm ready that. for Zan's response. Let's go. Both of these songs aren't tiptoeing into drill and I feel like they're not half-baked. They are fully embracing that sound. Maybe it's not the best, but it's, it is him fully going into it. The two features, especially on Demons, um, are New York. I think they're both from New York, but they have their own kind of New York drill sound. This is another example of Drake bringing two artists up. So they're already quite hopping in a sense, these two artists, but you guys might listen to them more now. They've got like a whole New York kind of drill sound already. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. So I, I agree. They, with they Seth fit onto that war. sound. I think War is a heady one rip, and yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. deny War's that. War's the UK straight up drill song, but I feel like Demons is more like the the American. Demons, I think, is solid, and I think stuff, but... it does that New York drill, like you said, really well. 
Um, I still think it feels weird when you hear Drake saying like "man's blessed" and things like things like that. It still feels weird in his accent, and it doesn't feel natural. You know, like they they in like these songs and in like the Toronto raps and stuff. That that's the slang they use in the sense. It just sounds weird to mm. us because we just listen to <laughs> UK drum when you used to the so. accent. Because mm. at least he's not trying to do a fake British accent. I feel like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least he's embracing. Oh, this is my accent. The slang crosses over, so I'll, I'll let the slang cross over and I'll just do it. But yeah, I, I, do, do you know what? Like demons, the hook on demons, demons is a hard track. Is hard. Yeah, that would. I just suck. it's just hard. It's just a hard yeah. hook. And um, the two features is really like they they bring their own style that kind of, kind of elevates it. I I don't think they go as hard as Drake does though, which is a shame. But I think mm. they bring their own style, which elevates it. What do you think about the feature self? When I say the lyrics are surface level, right? She got her face there, you cannot mistake. She paid for the food and we went on a date. Head game great, huh? She let me not on her face, AAA. Ah, every time she link, she come but with an eight. Do you really think, like, what, when you listen to normal drill, there's a lot more in content? Well, or you mean in general? There's more depth than this. Oh. That's not all I'm saying, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to make that very, very clear. But I just think like you can be a bit a bit cleverer, man. Like because this has been done so much over the last ten years. It's getting a little, it's get, man. It's just different, man. Like I, like I said, I'm not analysing this like I would a West Side Gun. I'm just looking at it. Does it hit hard? Yes, done the job. <laughs> yeah, the, the line you referenced that that um, line rhymes I nice mean, though. Yeah, like it, the content not, of it's weird, doing, but it, the syllable rhymes are nice. Like she got a face you cannot mistake. She paid for the food. We're on a date. Head game great. Absolutely. Pauses yeah, to end that rhyme. Then the same line he goes. She let me not on her face every time we yeah. link. She come with an eight. Like, viral. You ain't never made a movie with Drake. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, man. The, the rhyme it just comes nice. And you, know, we don't have that energy. The energy they bring on the song. Uh, it just it, it went. Mm. I guess when you're sitting in your room listening to it and you're trying to analyze it, yeah, it does come off like weird. But it, with a lot of the drill songs, like when you're out with a bunch of people or at, or at a party or like even just in some, in a car with someone. It just goes hard when you hear it. Yeah, like the way the flow mm. just comes, like I, th- I think if they weren't flowing as well, if if the beat wasn't as hard, if like if this track didn't feel so strong and so full of energy, I'd be same as you, like analyzing the lyrics and looking into. It, the thing is, you got to give credit. People's careers are made off these songs. I feel, especially demons. Those mm-hmm. two features. And then like here, you've got JB Made It, British drill producer. He's going to get a lot of like UK drill artists on him. He probably, he was already quite successful, I'm assuming. But like, yeah, he, it's a lot more exposure. And then you see the same in the war. Axel is the producer for that. Um, mm. War is the kind of song where I agree with Seth. It's like, if you want to hear that kind of flow and that kind of sound, there are better drill songs where they talk about living the life and whatever. And yeah, that sound great. But if if you forget like Drake's the American audience for an American audience yeah. hearing this, I, I, that's new. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a, yeah. It's it's there's nothing wrong with the song. Like if if you hadn't like I think it's a solid song. If you if you were just like taking it for what it was, the production obviously the acts would be sick, and some of the lines Drake puts like mm. he's shouting at people from the, his ends. Like it's, it, I I just think like it flows nicely. There's nothing where you're like oh should he flowed like that's a bit cringy. Like it just it does fit. No, no, it's it's for me. It's just it's such a like heady one rip that that is very, it's very yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe a heady one shout out would have fixed that or something, but I feel like 
it's not just a standard drill flow. It's heady one's flow. And I think that's my problem. The with thing it. with drill is it's supposed to be gritty. It's supposed to be, you know, not sound that great. It's supposed to, you know, relay just these life experiences and it's supposed to be authentic. And these two tracks aren't on either of those things. They're not authentic and they're not, they, they don't feel like a real reflection of society, which is, you know, from my perspective, like that's, that's kind of what drill's about. And that's, uh, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not feeling either. No, but that's what I mean. You're you're at, um to the wider audience. It's like people hear it, be like, oh, I like this flow. This guy's kind of hard. This kind of a banger. Where can I find more songs like this? They research research about it. People say, oh, this is like a drill tune. They search UK drill, and they get loads more of that energy to a better quality. But then, but then the problem I, 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 with drill this, becoming so popular like, with someone like Drake doing it is you're gonna have so many new artists jumping on that wave, and you know you you then it's just gonna it happens be to every genre you know, kids to be honest. that haven't lived that life. They're just doing it. It is like that in the UK though, <sighs> to an to an extent. But yeah, like think about six nine. The whole mm. like I'm gonna shout loud yeah. and talk about gangster stuff in my rap. Like he started that first and then got into it. Like that's just gonna. I feel like that's just gonna happen. I get. I get what you mean. You're trying to. You want to preserve the authenticity of drill and wh- where the people like the sound and where the. The fact that it's that outlet, but it's no, no genre it. can continue like that, like staying within itself. And I think what's better is that you're seeing every area having their own drill scene now. Like we talked about Irish drill and Australian drill, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's hopping on, you know, a sound that, you know, is getting steadily more popular, and uh, yeah, it's, it just doesn't feel as as real as what as the well the the true drill artists and when i, I say true I, i'm putting bunny ears man but you know what i'm demons trying to say is it. how it should have been done it showcases two artists doing it it's it's like drake's bringing his his take on it and it's showcasing the new york drill sounds and bringing it to a wider audience i think with war he could have taken a similar approach should have got heady one on the track and you know, done a similar thing to Demons. Demons is more like that. Demons is like the hype track, like the catchy hype track. War is just like the bars in War. If you'd be saying yeah. this with an American accent on a separate song, the bars mm. are like there are some nice bars in this song. But obviously, it fits the kind of drill flow, so it's different. But like you were talking about the Rap Radar interview, he said in that like he'd been listening to a lot of UK drill, and and like last year, and on his story, he's always shouting out Heady One, Low Ski, that Irish drill song he's been posting he posted once and he played it on the live like twice like he he does shout out the song the the, the artist that he like likes but is there anything wrong with like mm. I like this type of music and I want to try it for myself yeah because that's really yeah. what it is it's not like he's saying like, he comes to him he's coming to like the American audience being like guys I invented drill this is my flow this is sick He's even got like he's even said like mm. I want a British producer. I want this to be authentic to that. He didn't say to his producers who probably could. Can you recreate this sound for me? Like he didn't ask them to do that, and they probably could. He like got the actual producers. He has been shouting out. He just and it's just like oh I like this sound a lot. Can I just do my own thing? It's not like it's a number. It's like the single for the next album, in that kind of distasteful sense. It's just like he liked the song. It was a loose track at originally. It was just on SoundCloud or something. And it had like yeah, a little fun no, music. I hear that. I mean, no, no genre of music is any one, you know, person's <clears throat> type of genre. You know, it's, it's free. I, th- I think you have to separate the tracks. Demons does it really well for me and is like 
just how it should be done. Yeah. And then yeah. war feels like what is everything you're saying is true for war, but I think Demons does it really well. I think that's a yeah, solid yeah, tune. Yeah. yeah, I think war is genuinely just like, oh, I really like Heady One, low scale. I like the drill kind of music scene. I listen to it a lot. I want to try it. I think that's as simple as it is. And it's very different. When he was doing this for Grime with like gigs and that sort of thing, everyone loved it from what I saw. And I think the UK needed that credibility at the time. But right now, we're, I think Drill's standing on its own two feet. And, that, and that's why you, you get to the, genre. the culture vulture term. And it feels like he's kind of invading our sound rather than lifting it up. But yeah. yeah it, and I suppose that's, I suppose, the saving grace with, with, with these two tracks and, well, the whole tape is that while I really, really didn't like this, this tape, it's not an album. It is, yeah. like, been marketed as some throwaways, which will make me judge it less harsh. I say that I've given this a really low score, but, um, yeah. I feel like overall, there are a few runs of tracks that I really like. No, no, the odd track kind of ruins it. Um, it do- definitely, obviously, doesn't feel like an album, which is fine. But <laughs> overall, I'd probably give this like, in terms of like judging Drake music specifically, this would be like a six or a seven out of ten out of Drake music. Like comparing his other, comparing his other albums. But obviously, if you're saying overall, this probably this is like a strong five. There's nothing like there are a few songs that are bad, but then there are a few really good songs that bring it up. And I don't think there's anything. Uh, like because you like said there's like a few songs that you'd like just had like a shake in your head what the heck but I, I there's just, i feel like for most people listening to this it's just like yeah this is this is all right there's a few bangers there's a few like drake soft songs this is something to give us going till he brings out the album and i thought it did that all right we listen to music like very critically like even when we just put an album on we're always listening to the music and how the production is and that and i think the average person puts it on in the background and it's yeah, it's more that. It's the feeling it so gives you. We're obviously yeah. a lot more critical of that, and I don't think Drake's marketed towards people like us. It's more, you know, people putting it in the background, general listening. So I think, with that in mind, for <clears> me, it was it was pretty good. Like, I I had that in mind. Like I wasn't dissecting each beat, thinking this is really repetitive. This goes on for too long. I was trying to just get the general vibe of each track and taking it that way. So for me, I think it's four out of 10. I think there's, there's some solid tunes, but there's a lot that's just feels very mediocre. And yeah, I I think a full album will be interesting. So as far as the songs themselves go, they just feel very stale, very uninspired, very boring. They didn't hold my attention. Nothing on it was anything I hadn't heard before that I couldn't get a better version of somewhere else by another artist. And everything on here felt very, very, very half-baked and mediocre. You know, pretty much all the flows, all the lyrics, all the melodies, all the beats, they all sounded like your typical just bland R&B of, of this vein. You know, maybe with the exception of D4L, which still isn't... I still wouldn't say it's a great tune, but it stood out against the rest of the album. And, you know... Yeah, with with all that in mind, I'm giving this a two and a half out of ten. It was half a point better than Party Next Door. Really? That album was boring. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
I feel like there's more bangers. I feel like individual. you've got to put this above yeah, that. Yeah, to an extent. If, yeah, if yeah. Young, yeah. So you're saying if there was this... if D4L wasn't on this, you'd rate it the same as, as the party album? No, I'd probably still get oh, it. Okay. I'd probably still get it to an half. Oh, okay. um, I don't know. Three just feels too high. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, Fazan, thank you for coming today. Thank you very much. It would have been terrible without you, <laughs> I have to say. You know, I'd like to note this is just my opinion. I'm not a reviewer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, same. <laughs> Sorry, if that, you're a yeah. Drake thank fan. you for coming today, because you 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 provided some va- very valuable insight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I don't think this would have been half as good without you. Right. Giving me a lot more so context into the world of Drake. And I feel like if I if I yes. wasn't here, it would have just been like, yeah, this is this is okay. Every song, yeah, this is alright. And then set to say something really yeah. bad. Well, well, no, I, I would have been <laughs> saying this is okay. He would have been saying yeah. this is shit. And I'd be like. I wouldn't be able to defend it. I'd just be like, right, yeah, I can sure. see why someone would say it's shit, so I'll just leave it like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's like that with a lot of things. Like, yeah. see two sides to everything. You can always see both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good perspective to have. So, Definitely. thanks from our Drake Thank correspondent you for having me, today. Boys. We'll, we'll have you back when the when the album comes maybe, out. Maybe, maybe. Got to come back. So yeah, cool. We'll wrap it up with that. Love for my love for my love for my day. We have a very special guest on. We have Jonas, a.k.a. in the Kapam Radio, a.k.a. Chad Chadson, a.k.a. Chili Mayo. You know, he, he goes by many names. What should we call you today? <laughs> Just go for Jonas. Go for my birth name. That works for me, man. That works for me. So just Sounds for the good. listeners, just for the listeners, we actually used to go to college together. And this guy is we a did. very, very, very talented musician. You know, he, can play, he can play pretty much every instrument under the sun. And he's got the voice of an angel. So I highly recommend you check out his work. You're you know, far too in kind, the Radio, Chad Chanson, you know, he's done, done loads of shit. And also he's done some really good features. So I'm going to start by asking you, Jonas, what are you, what are you working on at the moment? Well, I've got a couple of things uh, right now. I'd say the most exciting one is a little um, collab track that I'm curating or directing, so to speak. What, what's going to happen is... Um, bunch of artists bunch of musicians that i know um they're all gonna work together to make a track that i am gonna produce but i'm not gonna play anything on so i'm basically just sending it around getting everyone's input (laughs) and that's all gonna come back to me and i'm just gonna sort of arrange it so in terms of music that you've already got out how would you describe your music that's a tough one man you shouldn't make a an artist describe themselves like that. Um, <laughs> Someone brand new, they said, what, what sort of thing do you make? Well, what's your go-to response? Well, I guess <laughs> I would have to use the term indie. As much as I uh, kind of dislike labelling myself as an indie artist, kind of got to be done, really. Um, yeah. That's as far as Chad Chadson goes, that's more like sort of R&B, like... <laughs> you know sexy um if i may say so myself sexy um, yeah man sure you know jazzy stuff whereas indica palm radio is a bit more like i want to say like sad boy pop like sort (laughs) of it's all kind of happy but it's got a little bit of a bittersweet like wistful vibe to it as well yeah, so your, your most recent track is Maybe Next Year. Maybe that's where 
song, just chilled out vibes, and I fucking love that song, man. It's brilliant. What, what Thanks, was the man. ideas going into that song? That was a, that was a song where the turnaround was very very quick. I um, sat down on my uh, like keyboard one night and just came up with two chords. I thought they were quite nice. Came up with a couple of lyrics, and then the next day I just sort of sat down and made a fucking eight-minute track out of it. The inspiration <laughs> was um, very, very specific, actually. It was, a, it was a, a song by Happiness called Weird Little Birthday Girl. And if you listen to that track, there's going to be some parallels there that you'll notice. It's also eight <laughs> minutes long. Nice. It's got a very, very similar drum pattern. It's just two chords all the way through. Um, so essentially, it was that kind of... Um, trying to rip off an artist that you like <laughs> classic thing that is a classic isn't it <laughs> it's what we all kind of do a little bit that's the best art isn't it you know even even stealing man like I'm not saying yeah. you stole anything but like some of the like, the best work ever in, in all of history is stolen but no one cares because it's good nah, that's how music works man exactly exactly long long line of stealing there's no denying from, it exactly from your heroes so I mean, <laughs> let's let's ask you a very a very general question. Yeah? Let's let's take it back to Little Jonas. What artists got you into music? The Beatles, man. The Beatles um, absolutely were one of the biggest um, musical influences on my um, of my life in general. Like just the amount of catchy tunes they have. Yeah, I definitely hear that in your work. Really. I'm glad. Yeah, it's um. Uh, I want to. I want to go back to a cup of tea. Oh, this yeah. is a beautiful, beautiful song. Talk, oh, thanks, talk man. Through for the viewers who've not listened to it. What is a cup of tea about? <laughs> well, a cup of tea is the idea that everything is falling apart around you. Um, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. Um. And all you, all you can really do about that is sit and have a cup of tea and relax and enjoy yourself. But for now, there's not much that we can do. Just a cup of tea for you. Yeah, I, I love this track. <laughs> just the theme of it and everything. That's wicked. It's just, it's, it's brilliant, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that... It's in relation to like the, the, the bigger issues, really, because like it's it's like yeah. that whole thing. You got plenty of nihilists out there who are, who are like, yeah, the world's ending. It doesn't nothing matters, man. Like it's all gonna end at some point anyway. But that kind of doesn't lead you anywhere. It's like it's like the world will end, but I'll be dead anyway. So like you gotta embrace the moment. Man. You, you know, it doesn't matter that the world is gonna end. Exactly. That's what life's about. Just enjoy it. So you said that Beatles were one of your biggest inspirations. Oh, yeah. Do you have an album, not particularly Beatles, but just generally an album that inspired you to get into music or just it, like change your life in some way? It's a good question. Um, there isn't really a particular album, but I remember when I when I really got into like making my own music. It was after I. Um, it was when I was in my Smashing Pumpkins phase. <laughs> uh, so if I had to choose an album, I'd say the uh, Siamese Dream by them. 
because nice. I don't know, man. Billy Billy Corgan was a fucking rock star. He was just uh, he played some mean guitar, and I just really wanted to do that. Of course, like <laughs> none of like what you hear of my music is really mean or heavy, but yeah, definitely came from that originally. Like a lot of people do, I think. The the reason I picked up guitar is because of the American Idiot video. Just mm. Billy Joe looked so cool playing yeah, guitar, and I was like, I've got to do that. And yeah, nothing I make sounds like that. It's all hip hop now, but yeah. that was <laughs> where, where it stemmed mm. from. Yeah, there's always a certain um, a certain bit of sort of trying mm. to look cool. Like as much as people don't want to <laughs> admit it, like yeah, that's kind of a lot of the uh, drive <laughs> behind it sometimes. So I mean, we've we've just spoken a bit about a few different genres and their influence on you and your music, but can we just ask, you know, what genres would you like to dive into more, and are there any that you would particularly avoid? Hmm, that's a, that's a very good question. Uh, I find myself, like a lot of the. Uh, musicians today i find myself drawn to jazz music because yeah, man. I, yeah. um <laughs> we for me it's the last perfect, guy say that as well <laughs> yeah man like um cool jazz especially is like the perfect yeah. mix between being harmonically interesting yeah. and being really really good vibes um so that's something i definitely yeah even yeah, if yeah. it's not like a um conscious thing that's something i'm definitely drawn to Mm. in terms of uh stuff that i want to avoid i can't really i can't really think of anything for that open mind i kind of want to give everything a go really that's the attitude man (laughs) even if it's just like to make fun of that genre yeah i wouldn't put it past me to you know make a drum and bass song even though i I dislike (laughs) drum and bass i wouldn't listen to it so what are you listening to at the moment? I think the most exciting uh, stuff at the moment is all coming from Speedy Wonderground label. I don't know if you know about Speedy Wonderground guys or no, no, no. no. Allow me to explain. <laughs> Please so do. Speedy Wonderground's a record label from London, run by a guy, mainly run by a guy called Dan Carey. He's a producer. Um, engineer guy and the idea is that he produces all of the songs and they all go out on a limited run of about 300 seven inch singles and mm. every recording that they do is done in one day so they come in wow they start at 12 o'clock they finish at 12 o'clock there's no lunch <laughs> break they just record the whole song and then that's it. Next day they mix it and then it goes out as soon as possible. Hence the name Speedy Wonderground. <laughs> Somehow they oh, okay. haven't really released any bad material. It's all like that's very, mad. very exciting, very, very fresh. That's surprising, so, isn't it? Because that's testament to their ability as musicians as well. Because you'd think absolutely. like something like that would just sound super rushed. But obviously, you know, you're saying that this is some good music. So do you guys know Black Midi? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them, but I've never, I like never them. listened to them. I fucking love those guys, man. They uh, <laughs> they started out doing a Speedy Wonderground single. or Nice. Not started out, but that was one of the first oh, things shit. that sort of got them big. The BMBMBM 
uh, mm. single back in the day. But then they worked with Dan Carey for their full album. And honestly, he's my idol at the moment. Um, <laughs> I kind of wish I was him a little bit. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, I'm, I'm a like Jack White super fan. And he has these third man records where that he'll get like loads of bands and artists to come in. They'll do a live set and it will record straight to vinyl. Oh, wow. And the, they, they've got no editing. It's just literally they record and it's copied straight to a vinyl. because the That's factory a very there. Jack White thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a cool, um, like the idea of changing the, the process of making music is very interesting. Like it's all in that, like mm. it's all about keeping the um, momentum going. For the speedy yeah. underground guys at least they don't have a lunch break they don't have anything they just <laughs> they just keep working speaking of change what are your predictions for this decade where do you what do you think music's gonna look like in 2030 i um i can't help but think you, you know how hip-hop has kind of taken over as the number one genre yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah i can't help but think that that won't last very long not because hip-hop is like bad like, i love hip-hop but just because things like that are bound to change, um, mm. will mm. it will flip flop back to rock and then it'll go back to hit. Like that just happens, man. Like yeah. Little Pump is making a rock mm. album. Post Malone's doing <laughs> fucking he? rock covers. Of, yeah, yeah, man. Oh shit, Kendrick's rumored, <laughs> which might actually work well. I don't know about Little Pump. Yeah, that would be sick. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's crazy because music in general has just become this massive melting pot of styles and genres isn't it mm. so it's mad to think because if you think about how much has changed over the past you know couple of decades or so and where everything like genre lines pretty much they don't exist anymore it's kind of they're yeah. loosely there but it's mm. kind of anything goes at the moment because it's it's so easy to just throw everything together and you know it's it's mad to think we were saying um we recorded a little 420 special and we were saying that we think because um, the 80s are making a comeback in albums like The Weekends mm. After Hours, Ju- the new Dua Lipa album as well. Um, we were saying that we think G-Funk might make a <laughs> oh, yeah. comeback. That's, we hope. That, we hope G-Funk makes a comeback. I would not comeback, mind that but... coming back, to be fair. <laughs> that yeah, is yeah, I think 90s thing is next, man. There's not, not enough 90s nostalgia, you know? That's true. I guess you got to, certain things, you got to let them die off before they come back. Are you big into live music and going to gigs? What's some of the best gigs that you've been to, or let's just say one? And are you going to be doing some after lockdown? Oh man, I'd love to to do some during lockdown. Actually, I need to get on the uh, the live oh, stream nice. game because I think I I think I've got a decent mm. setup here. I think I can make it sound quite nice in terms mm. of like best gigs I've seen. Such a difficult question. In in the last year, what's what's your, been your favourite in the last One year? One that really sort of got me going was Brad Stank at Patterns uh, in Brighton. Oh, right. That absolutely just launched it's Chad Chadson. Like, I, I, I went really? to that Brad Stank gig. I came back and um, me and my friend jokingly started writing a Brad Stank song. Wow. And then that was just that just ended up as Whiskey Dick, which is the the first <laughs> single that I released as Chad. Getting so sick of it. Nothing's quite like it seems. No matter how hard I try to quit. 
do you want to explain Chad Chadson? He's like your alter ego to, to people who might not know. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I started a new project. Uh, it was around November last year where I wanted to fully commit to the idea of being a solo project because in the Kabam radio, it was always unclear what that really was. Like I wasn't really sure myself a lot of the time. But Chad Chadson is a man with a strong sense of identity. Um, <laughs> like you see Chad, you, like obviously it's me, but I'm wearing yes. some weird fucking glasses or like I'm smiling in a cheeky way. And that's just, that's Chad. So that, yeah. that that's a project where I was putting the, the visuals on a sort of equal level to the music. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was planning this music video actually before all this uh, fucking COVID stuff happened, uh, where it was going to be Chad, aka me, lying in a bunch of different beds with a bunch of different women, um, <laughs> sort of like I'd be singing up to the camera, which is like on a, nice. in a sort of bird's eye view above me. Um, watch out for that; it might still come out. Um, you know, oh, I just. Does. Unfortunately, I can't have women in my yeah. bed right now, so uh, it's not going to work for the moment. <laughs> that sounds sick. I hope you get to do that. <laughs> what I would do to promote Chad Chadson when it really gets, um, when I really sort of want to go for that, is to advertise on Pornhub. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can say that. Okay. <laughs> That's an idea <laughs> that um, I'm, I've, I've kind of been keeping to myself. I'm afraid that people steal it uh, a little bit because I okay, personally... Well, if you don't want it in the podcast, we can cut this out. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's fine. No one listens I, to it. I'm not sure if anyone listening would want to uh, steal my idea, but it definitely feeds into the thing like having a strong sense of like personality can actually go further than having a strong sense of musicality. I think of Lewis Capaldi. I have never yeah, listened yeah. to a Lewis Capaldi song ever. I, yeah, I, I've yeah. been saying this to Seth. I love Lewis Capaldi. Mm. I hate his music. Exactly, but he's man. like such a character. I love him. Exactly, man. When I got into <laughs> Mac DeMarco, it was like I liked his music at first, but what made me like a super fan at the time was how cool he was. Like, you know, what an yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. guy he seemed like. So I think that goes a lot further than mm. than people think. Definitely, because so many it's so easy to make music now, and like so many people are doing it. It's like, yeah, but, but what not everyone has is the personality, is the uniqueness. So there's a lot of the same shit out there. You got to stand out. You know? yeah, that's the number you one have thing, that man. Individuality, that character. So <clears throat> we're gonna do this thing. It's called a quick fire Q and A. Nice. I'm going to ask a question, back and forth quick, and you have to answer, then we'll go straight to the next one. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Favourite colour? Blue. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Nah. Tea or coffee, what brand? Uh, tea, PG Tips. Oh, Yorkshire tea, man. Come on. iPhone or Android? Uh, iPhone. Wrong. Uh, opinions on Marmite? <laughs> uh, indifferent. Wrong again. Favourite TV show? Uh... The Simpsons. Cool. Um, you are in a dark room where a table is kept. There are 50 coins placed on the table. 
Out of which 10 coins are showing tails and 40 coins are showing heads. The task is to divide the set of 50 coins into two groups, such that both groups have the same number of coins showing tails. I'm too stoned for this. <laughs> That's too my late. answer. <laughs> you lost. <laughs> I, I could not that follow was, that. That was not great. You got a lot of this wrong. Um, but th- thank I you. I didn't for realize that today. was a um, scored <laughs> quiz. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you failed miserably. See, I don't, um, I don't even like that. You failed when you said PG much. tips, man. Yeah, I don't know why I said PG tips. It's just what we have in the house at the moment. <laughs> I, I would, I'm enough, a Yorkshire tea enough. man. If if uh, no, it's, ideally, it's, it's a joke, okay, okay, yeah. you've, redeemed, you've redeemed yourself. You, man. you, you did well. And fine. I don't even like blue. I just said it straight away. It's like the first color I thought of. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the pressure of the, the is, quick fire fire rounds. It's just I like that a lot. You, you have to think yes, yes, that should be the whole interview, man. Cool. So, do you have anything that you want to plug right now? Well, go listen to Indica Palm Radio. Uh, Maybe next Indica year. Palm Radio. Hope we hear more music from you, man. It's going to be exciting. Yes. Yeah, man. I'm very excited to see what, where you go from here. Hey, thanks, man. Very promising stuff, what I've heard so far. Cheers. Thanks for having me on the show as well. It's been, it's been a pleasure. 